Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. The global food system is the most critical range of human activities in history. It keeps billions fed and stimulates invention and ingenuity. As the population increases, the system will evolve and innovate to meet demand. In recent years, consumers have become increasingly interested in where their food comes from and how their food dollars can provide greater support for local food-related businesses and farmers because their food dollars stay in town transportation costs are minimized, and a connection between farmers and the community is fostered. Over the same time period, policymakers and practitioners have gained new insights into the potential for regional food systems to promote economic growth for both rural and urban communities through the creation of new or the enhancement of existing jobs and businesses. My guest today is Melissa Gilbert, Director and Food and Cooking Educator for Reno Food Systems, a local nonprofit that is assisting the next generation of mindful farmers, innovative educators, and conscientious leaders. Their website, renofoodsystems.org. Hi. Yes. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show today. Absolutely. So, Melissa, let's start with the basics. What is a food system? Well, a food system involves all areas. So it's not just the food that's produced. It's also how it's uh, distributed and how the waste from our food is composted or unfortunately put into the trash. So, you know, food systems, is it's all about, you know, the farmer who grows it, the distribution and the full cycle of processing it and and then what happens with the waste. So there are a lot of communities. I mean, there, I know that there are, you call yourselves a CSA, a community supported agricultural model. And I know these are popping up all around the country, maybe the world. So let's talk about some of the programs that you guys do mm -hmm. as far, yeah. Well, our main pro project is we are in collaboration with Washoe County. We lease uh, Betsy Coughlin Donnelly Ranch, which is a wonderful piece of property. When she died, she specified that it needed to be stay as agricultural use. So the back five acres are cattle still, and the front five acres we lease, and we have three acres of organic vegetable production, and then a two-acre perimeter that we are doing forest, like ag um, forest agriculture, so fruit trees and um, windbreak, basically. So a lot of berries, a lot of fruit. Awesome. So besides just farming, you talk mm -hmm. a lot about education. So. Education and equal access to uh, healthy organic food. So uh, our other program is we do a lot of food justice work. So all of our extra, um, we have sponsors and then we also do a gleaning project at the end of the year. And we have about 12 pantries that we bring food to. Food pantries. Food pantries. Food pantries and shelters. Uh, last year we put about 3,000 pounds of food to various shelters. So, so 
I know there's also and, and has been a bit of a movement with restaurants to, you know, utilize local produce and things like that. So are you working with we do. chefs? We, we, we know our, our focus has really been uh, to have a farm stand and then uh, we do sell to the co-op and they distribute it to various chefs. Uh, Tali is a local Indian restaurant that has been a steady supporter. But we kind of made the strategic decision not to pursue wholesale accounts, but to focus more on our farm stand and a mobile market. So we have a cute little old uh, ice cream truck that we can go and set up a farmer's market anywhere. So we're really interested in addressing the problem of food deserts, which is areas of our community that don't have access to grocery stores that only have corner 7-Eleven convenience stores. So the mobile market is our goal is to be able to bring it into communities that don't have access. And then I ran into you guys out at the uh, Lavender and Honey Festival. Yes. And so I imagine you participate maybe in Earth Day or others so people could find you in a booth somewhere as well you know actually we don't oh. so much that's uh we have our garlic fest which we'll be talking about in a little bit and then we do do lavender and honey because we love Anne. <laughs> and uh but right now our, our we're really trying to bring people to the farm so we have a farm stand every sunday and from three to seven and we sell vegetables and seedlings and kind Where of, is that? and this is three two nine five mayberry drive it's on the corner kind of of mayberry and mccarran and it's a, that's our farm. There used that's, to be a big nursery out there. There used to be a big nursery. They unfortunately turned that yeah. into a shopping center. We've just had some development on that corner. It's no longer a nursery, but we have a nursery just to the east of it. And um, they've been good neighbors. And we are slowly establishing ourselves. This is our fifth season. So let, let's talk about the education, because one of the things that, you know, Nevada is, is a bit of a food desert, and the fact that we do have a lot of rural areas where people that want to get out of the city and maybe go, you know, move out of town a few, uh, you know, up to 100 miles and have a plot of land. I mean, how do you work with young or even seasoned farmers to help that next generation show up? Mm -hmm. Well, we've had um, good experiences with having interns from the Future Farmer. Uh, we had two lovely young women who uh, interned with us for two seasons. Uh, this year we don't have any youth interns, but and we've kind of shifted our educational focus to helping beginner gardeners. We have an online course called A Year in Gardening and Cooking for Beginners, uh, because as you said, it's really hard to grow food in Northern Nevada. And a lot of people try to start a garden. Maybe they've moved from someplace more fertile where they're used to be able to plant food and have it grow. Here, it's a little bit more tricky. You know, you need, we have such a short growing season and then it's so hot. So you need to provide shade for your tomato. I mean, it's, well, it's quite and complicated. The, rabbit, the rabbits eat everything I plant. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Animal and mitigation and all those things. So we're doing an online course that you can sign up for at growingnb.com. So. We're, our educational efforts are kind of directed towards the beginner at this point, and our food system work is more in, in terms of the access to healthy food. All right, so before this segment ends, I want to hit on the annual Reno Garlic Festival that's yes. coming up July 30th. Yes, from 3 to 8 p.m. at Dick Taylor Park. And we are, so Reno Garlic Fest was actually started by Be the Change program and the local food network and myself. 
Um, and we, our goal was to help, this was in 2015, 2016, our goal was to create more, uh, more avenues for local farmers to sell their garlic. Garlic is one of the easiest crops to grow. You plant it in the fall, you barely even need to water it all winter, and then it's a beautiful crop that you harvest in July, and then you can put other crops in that area. So garlic is a great starter. Um, and I laugh, I think back when we were deciding to do it, we thought I wanted to do kale fest because I was really all kale about kale. Fest. Can you imagine? Yeah. It would have, nobody would have come. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so thank goodness Katie, Katie Chandler from Be The Change was like, woke up one morning and was like, let's do garlic fest. And it's just been a wonderful uh, multicultural event. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I went to the Gilroy Garlic Festival back in the 80s and it was so amazing. I never got out of the stuffed mushroom, the chicken <laughs> on a stick, and the garlic bread line. And so I know you have a lot of food. You we have just talk to us. Make my mouth water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say when people come to our, it's a little festival. It's nothing like the Gilroy because yeah. we have a lot of folks from California who come and they're like, this is small. And we're like, yes, we're small but mighty. Um, yeah, we have some wonderful food vendors. I brought a list. We've got, um, we definitely, we finally got some garlic fries. Uh, we're going to be having a, a garlic a popcorn or have garlic margaritas, which sound a little bit unusual, but they're quite delicious, I can attest. And then we've got tacos and a wonderful barbecue coming. So yeah, we have all the food things and then a lot of fresh garlic for sale. We probably have about eight local growers. Um, we have some herbalists that are coming with herbal concoctions and uh, let's see what else. Um, music? We've got a whole array of music uh, the afternoon. We have a stage. It's being sponsored by Soul and we'll have kind of uh, good dance music is what we're aiming for. We kind of have an all the kicks band is playing and then a wonderful kind of salsa band is playing for the, the finale. So the uh, Dick Taylor Park, that's up off Valley Road mm -hmm. next to the Evelyn Mount Northeast Community Center. Community Center. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a little park up there. You know, it's we started at an even smaller mm. park. Where this is actually a new location for us. Um, we were very deliberate in choosing to be in that neighborhood. We were formerly in Pat Baker Park, which is over off of Audie, off of Montello. And it has just been a really special event. It, it was, um, there's a playground right in the middle, so the parents can kind of like have their kids play in the playground and eat. eat and bring chairs, have blankets? We're, we'll have a bunch of blankets and okay. picnic tables, but you're welcome to bring your own blanket. It's very much a, a, a kind of old-fashioned food festival. Awesome. And a lot of, if, so if you love garlic, if obviously, you love garlic, yes. and want to eat all kinds of garlic prepared in different ways, and really the whole mission of this is to support the local garlic growers. Support the local and create new growers. You know, we also have a course on Growing in V that is a year in garlic. So really whenever I think of somebody starting out, garlic is the crop that I want them to grow because it's so rewarding and so easy and it really grows in any. People think that Gilroy is the garlic capital because that's how they, but actually all the seed for the Gilroy area is grown in, um, in Nevada. Oh, yes. that's awesome. Awesome. Yes. All right. So if somebody wants to find out more about the Reno Garlic Festival and, of course, um, regarding the Reno Food Systems, yes. we want them to go to your website. Yes, renofoodsystems.org and Garlic Fest, Reno Garlic Fest. 
All right, we have to go to break. We come back. I'm going to pick up with Melissa, and we're going to talk about some other fun things that these guys are doing. Summer is here, and you know it's going to be a hot one. Call SunTech. Get expert service. Visit SunTechSolarScreens.com or call 775-352-9396. Call SunTech. Just get cooler. You will love working at Head Start. Please call us at 775-786-6023. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own, or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? You actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Call 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. So glad that Melissa Gilbert is here. She is the co-author of the cookbook, Tassahara Dinners and Desserts. And she happens to also be the director and food and cooking educator for Reno Food Systems. Let's talk about the um, Be Friendly program you guys Absolutely. have. Absolutely. So the Be Friendly program was born of our desire to help protect habitat. As you know, as a beekeeper, bees uh, are responsible for pollination of our food crops. And uh, the importance of protecting their habitat cannot be an overstated. I feel like it's one, if one thing that we can do for our generation, if we can help protect pollinator habitat, that will be helpful for future generations. So the Be Friendly campaign was really born to help uh, neighbors talk to each other. So when you decide to do a pollinator uh, garden in your front yard, it usually looks a little different than your traditional lawn. So this sign was partly created for people who are doing pollinators in their garden, in their front yard, to say, this is why I'm doing it. You can go to the website, you can kind of understand why I'm doing something a little different and why, for example, I might let my dandelions go when a lot of people see them as the bane of the perfect lawn. Yes, and of course, and one of the things I did this year is I rimmed my entire lawn with Dutch clover, oh, nice. which is an yes. early bloomer for the bees, mm -hmm. and you can mow it, and it's beautiful, and makes it a lot easier. So that the Bee Friendly Pledge, there are five pieces of it. To, of it. It's that you will uh, plant pollinator plants, and particularly plant organic, because if a seedling has been treated with neonicotinoids, then it actually harms the fertility of the, the beehives. So um, to mow your lawn less frequently, so there have been studies that say if you mow your lawn every two weeks instead of every week, those clovers and other flowers have a chance to bloom, and it actually is really helpful to the pollinators. Um, to not use pesticides, really important, not use Roundup, things like that, which we know harm the bee population. Harm everybody, it, let's thank be you. clear. Thank okay. you, I, you know, we, we try not to name anything, but it's, it's really well, tragic. Well, I just, I go into the big box store and I just wanna throw myself over and go, don't buy, don't I, buy. I agree, yeah. and then also to leave water out for yes. the bees, which uh, you kind of do by leaving little rocks and water. And then to talk to your neighbors about the importance of protecting our pollinators. So people take the pledge and then they come down to the farm stand to pick up a sign. And hopefully together we can build a coalition of people who think this is important. And, you know, we don't need to wait for the government to outlaw Roundup. We as a community can create uh, pollinator pathways 
and it, it's a very, it's a, my name means honeybee in Latin, and oh. so it's, it's a project, I, I feel very, af a lot of affinity with the bees, so this is. So where, where would somebody get a sign? At our p farm stand at Park Farm, Betsy Coughlin Donnelly Park Farm, 3295 Mayberry Drive. Awesome. And uh, Sundays, Sunday afternoons are a great time to come by. Well, and while I'm out there, I'm going to also see some other things, right? Yes, well, and one of the things that I didn't talk about yet is our fruit and spice park. So we had a wonderful person on our board of directors. Uh, there are seven us, of us directors um, that uh, w designed a urban forestry agriculture. So in permaculture, a style of growing, one of the styles of growing that we want to teach on the farm, is you mix all of your things together. So it's not just a row of trees, a row of vegetables, a row of brush. They're all intermixed. So on the perimeter of our property that we're leasing from the county uh, is a really beautiful example. And so many pollinators and so many fruit trees. We have probably 50 plus fruit trees, rows and rows of berries. We've got blackberries, we've got currants, raspberries, asparagus, all sorts of perennial plants. And we also have a few uh, beehives as well. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm so excited. I want to get there. Yes. All right. So we also want to hit again on the what's coming up real yes. soon, which is the Reno Garlic Festival. It is. It's <laughs> so tell coming me something up else. So much fun. I could be expect if I show up on the Garlic Festival festival which is July 30th from yes. 3 to 8 p.m. at the Dick Taylor Park which is up by the Evelyn Mount Northeast Community Center. You know I think that the spirit of Garlic Fest is probably the most charming thing like I said it's not a huge festival it's not like Earth Day and and I don't want to to criticize Earth Day in any way but um, one of the things that I'm really proud of for Reno Garlic Fest is we're doing a low-waste event, so all the food vendors will be having reusable pla plates, which will then get washed afterwards. So we're aiming to create a really small amount of trash, but that's not going to bring people there. That's one of the things I'm excited about, but just the feeling of it, it's, it's actually a really beautiful park that a lot of people haven't gone to. Uh, we're calling a certain, we're having a lot of kids events, so we are going to have a characterist, we're going to have a photo booth, we're going to have face painting, and a lot of picnic blankets, and a lot of beautiful picnic tables, and it's just, it, it feels like an old time gathering, you know, to celebrate the harvest of the, the garlic. Um, we've had the first two years, we've had the festival three years in person, this will be the fourth in person, and the, every Every year it's rained, like the first rain of the season. So we're hoping to like bring in the rain. Um, we have some taiko drummers that will be starting off the, um, the, the, the events. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's very charming. You know, like it's, it's like a cross between a farmer's market and a food festival. Well, so. And I can buy garlic there. And I imagine there's some educational component to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. We're going to have a lot of wonderful nonprofits there and artisans. Our really only requirement, so we, we don't, you know, we want everything to be handmade and we want there to be one item of garlic. So we have a glass blower who's coming. We have some crystal folks. So expect garlic everything. Garlic, garlic, garlic. Awesome. Well, now you that's got me because <laughs> I love garlic. And Melissa, you also say that garlic's one of the, the easiest things for us to grow here, certainly in northern Nevada. Yeah, absolutely. And the garlic that you buy at Garlic Fest, um, you can take home and plant. 
uh, and you plant it usually late August, September, October. I think I've known people to plant it as late as November, as long as you get it in, in the ground before it freezes. And it's a lot like a tulip, like when you plant bulbs in your garden, the garlic just comes up in the spring and it's always this really hopeful little sprout, you know, when it's still, we have that long March, April, winter, and there the garlic are, they're just growing strong. And, and then you can use the scapes. I mean, to me, garlic is like the dream crop. Oh, I, love, I love garlic. And, so I, and where, all where would I go? Yeah. yeah, where do I go to find out more about it? Um, to find out more about it, go to our website. There we have a page for uh, Reno Garlic Fest, and we hope to see you there. All right, so the final thing I want to hit on for Reno Food Systems is how can people get involved? Oh, absolutely. So we are always looking for help on the farm. Uh, we have lots of different ways though to help out. Um, I do a program where I feed the farmers. So if you're someone who maybe doesn't want to physically cook, but you'd like to support our hardworking farmers, you can bring food for them. I coordinate that. Um, we also are always looking for donations and we're looking for sponsors for our pantry program. So Greater Nevada Credit Union is our first major sponsor there. They sponsor us to bring a box of food to the Eddie House. So I'm able, as a, as a chef, one of the things that I'm able to do is go and teach a class. I'm going to be starting in August. So work with the residents of the Eddie House to teach them how to use vegetables and other rice and beans and things that are actually affordable to eat organically. Um, and always, you know, come down to our farm stand and buy our veggies every Sunday at 3295 Mayberry Drive from 3 to um, 7 p.m. And we're there and it's and you can take a tour. You can meet our goats and um, really see something positive. I think, you know, the beauty of Reno Food Systems is we're thinking about future generations in my in my dream is that every ward would have a farm like this. We have a lot of property with the county and the city that could be turned into vegetable gardens. And we're trying to create a very sustainable and scalable model. So That's we can awesome. grow, well, grow our food a, system. You're a nonprofit, so of course, <laughs> direct cash donations help. <laughs> come out to the Reno Garlic Festival. Absolutely. Uh, Listen to something. some music, have a good time, bring a picnic blanket, and just enjoy, enjoy the, the park. Absolutely. And so any way that someone wants to get involved, of course, uh, let's go out to the website, renofoodsystems.org. Um, been great talking with Melissa Gilbert today, who is the director and food and cooking educator for Reno Food Systems. So final words. Well, I would just encourage anyone who um, worries about the future or is concerned about our climate changing uh, I think one of the best things you can do is get your hands in the dirt and create a garden of some sort, even if it's just a little pot on your apartment balcony. It doesn't need to be big, but the act of growing food is, it's very nourishing and it's a, it's a positive, it's a direct, you know, it helps us create a positive future. So I encourage anyone who wants to get involved to, to reach out to us. We love to support new gardeners and um, yeah. Viva Nevada Garlic. That's that's what I, I would say. <laughs> well, and, and I would say it's, I'm so excited that you guys are here because I've always said, you know, for years, Reno's a, a food desert. And the only way we're going to change that is by all of us getting involved. And like you say, whether it's a pot on your balcony or a raised bed in your backyard or supporting a local nonprofit organization such as yeah. the Reno Food Systems that are out there marching every day for education <laughs> and the support of our pollinators 
and our farmers, very yes. important. Our, our two main farmers, um, so Lindsay is the executive director of, of Reno Food Systems, and she's the lead farmer. And then we have Megan, who does our food justice program. So we have a really beautiful crew. And then also just I want to shout out a lot of the other wonderful organizations that are doing food work. Uh, Desert Farming Institute at the university, uh, Casey with the Riverside Farmers Market, and Prema, the local food network. Um, uh, Rebecca Stetson with Farmily. There's just so many good urban roots I mentioned before. I feel like, you know, I've been here since 2005, so seeing what has grown in the last 15 years is really inspiring. And I hope that we double it, you know, in the next couple of years. So I want to thank Melissa for being here with me today. Final, RenoFoodSystems.org. Many ways that you can support, volunteer, and absolutely get out to their little farm off Mayberry. I'm looking forward to that. So yes. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show today, where business and today, it's all about our food system, which has been amplified. Tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show.